Hello everyone, this is Marcus, the creator of Butte Podcast. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. The first thing is that it's absolutely free. The second thing is that Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more platforms. I know you're wondering, what must I do next? I'm glad you asked. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started. Once again, download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started. This is Marcus, the creator of Rebuke, and I hope to hear from you soon. Peace. Hey, I'm Tasha. I'm a therapist in Phoenix, Arizona, and you're listening to Rebuke. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Kennedy, and I am a professional sex nerd. MyBodyPositiveBoutique.com. And you're listening to Rebuke. This is Marcus Jones, the realest man in Huntsville now, and you're now listening to Rebuke. This is now the fifth episode on my show, and we have a great topic to discuss. First of all, I want to give thanks to everyone that's uh, been showing me love and listening to my podcast. Uh, I truly appreciate it, but I also appreciate it if you keep spreading the word and telling your family and friends about the show and listening in. I truly appreciate that as well. Um, before we indulge in our tr- into the to the show and the topic, I'm gonna have my my guests I have on t- today to, um, to to introduce themselves and then we'll we indulge in to in, in name the tap topic. So I also have a guest co-host that she's on the line as well. So I'm gonna have my guest co-host from Phoenix, Arizona, introduce herself first, and then we go to our main our main guest. Hey, I'm Tasha, Tasha Washington from Huntsville, but I do live in Phoenix. Cool. And last but not least, my the main guest today, and I'm very excited to have her here. I hunted her down. I went to actually a um, sex store, and she wasn't there. And people was calling me and saying, what you doing in this store? I was like, uh, I was trying to get a guest on my show to get you mind your business so please introduce yourself tell everybody what you do and how long you've been doing it and then we get into the topic hi um everybody i'm tony kennedy um 
professional sex nerd. So I am a certified sex educator, pleasure and relationship coach. Um, I've been certified for years and years now, and I've been actually sex coaching right here in Alabama since like 2007. This is when I started in the industry, and I've been doing it ever since. Teach, educate, promote. Okay, so I think you forgot the most important part. Uh, are you the only licensed person in yes. the state? Currently, right now, I am the only certified sexologist in the state of Alabama. Um, there is a directory, believe it or not. It's kind and she's of African American. Go ahead. Yeah, yes, <laughs> I am a woman of color. Uh, but yes, the uh, ACS, which is kind of like I don't know, like our Avengers, I guess, in our world, and it's full of a board. And what we do is we we actually have to apply. And each state has um, sexologists. Like New York has tons. California has tons. A bit. And then there was a while back that I was looking for someone to actually just try to learn from being here in the state of Alabama and just not having anybody that I could learn from. And I thought, oh, I'll check the directory. And I was very distraught to find out that there was nothing listed for Alabama. It wouldn't even light up. You could just see where the state was. Nothing was there. And I thought I made a challenge for myself. I said, well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be that name. So that's what I did. Oh, we truly appreciate you. Um, following up with your dreams and aspirations and being the only sex expert or therapist in the state of Alabama because we do need it, although we want to act so conservative in this state. (laughs) We still need that type of education and knowledge. So today's topic is puberty, sex, and the dreadful talk with the black youth. So let's get into it. Before we get into it, I'm going to go ahead and uh, talk about my experience when it comes to puberty, sex, and the talk with my parents. Uh, growing up, um, I believe I went through the first phase of puberty when I was in Germany. And uh, and I think I had my first wet dream that in Germany. And I uh, noticed I started to notice that uh, I was changing as a young man because my grandfather couldn't tell uh, who was who on the telephone, and I was like, I was a little boy. He, was, he thought I was sound. He thought I was uh, I was my dad. So I was like, oh, my voice. Something's genetically wrong with me, or something is changing. When my grandfather can't distinguish who who from who on the telephone, but my mother, on the other hand, um. She didn't play about sex. So basically she told me, the only thing I can remember from my mother is, you better not get nobody pregnant. If you get somebody pregnant, you're getting kicked out the house. So um, me being younger as I am and just remembering the nice macaroni and cheese and pork chops and all that stuff my mom cooked for me, I wasn't going to jeopardize my dinner. <laughs> so so <laughs> I made it. I made it clear that I'm not getting nobody pregnant. And even to this day, I'm I'm in my mid-30s, and I'm still scared to get somebody pregnant. I mean, it's a little bit different now. I mean, my money's on the line, not pork chops. But <laughs> but uh, my parents really didn't give me the in-depth talk that I needed as a young man. And I think that helped. I think that uh, affected me a little bit growing up, and and, and it still has those side effects today. Uh, so that's my 
my side of it. So I want to hear the Natasha's the female side. Natasha, was your parents very involved when it can you can you involved when it comes to sex? Can you tell me your 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 experience with the sex talk and stuff before we uh, indulge with Tony? Okay. Um, well, I never had a discussion with it with my dad. Period. Okay. Um, my mom was more so of the threatening, like, just don't come home pregnant. <laughs> if you do have sex, be careful because you can still get pregnant even if he doesn't finish inside of you. Like, it was just really more like a scare tactic. Yeah. But, yeah, so it was never really like... Hold on, hold on, go back, go back, go back, go back. He's, you said finish inside you? Yes, she told me that if, even if he, like finish on my leg it can still swim up <laughs> <laughs> oh man man I think I was like can't she said that like oh, way too old for her to be using that one but yeah <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> yes it, yes so it was just more so of like scare tactics and threat, you know, so it was really no real education around it, no real way to like, hey, this is how you protect yourself. It was just like, don't do it. If you do it, this is what's going to happen. And then I'm going to disown you. And that's the end of discussion. Oh, boy, disown. Yeah, I think my mom did the same thing with my sister, too, with the scare tactic disowning for some I, would, I don't know what the, the the reasoning behind that and besides being too religious and, and still too caught up in tradition, but my sister went through that as well. So, Tony, we ready to get into it. I bet. That, yes, sir. Oh, yes, ma'am. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> yes, That's ma'am. fine. Sometimes Tony with a Y works. <laughs> okay. Um, the first question is, why do black parents have a hard time or struggle talking to their kids about sex. You already heard what me and Natasha talked about. So why do black parents have this issue? I mean, you really hit the nail on the head earlier. It's definitely tradition. It's definitely um, a lack of knowledge on their part, and it's not their part. It's not their fault. It's because, like, it wasn't until the 1960s that we even understood, like, the phases of sexual response and that a penis didn't have to be present in a vagina to achieve orgasm or climax. We just started learning these things. So that's probably around the time. I know my mom was born in 1960. So I'm assuming right around that. Yeah, my parents, yep. Right around in there. So there's not a lot of knowledge. And so kind of what we're looking at here is the only way that we could kind of communicate is out of fear. But black parents generally are, we use scare tactics for a lot of things, I think, even still. I mean, there's other ways that we scare our children a little bit if you haven't kind of picked up on that. So it's sort of our style, and it, it was just applicable to sex. And it just seemed like the worst thing you can do is come home with a child that the rest yeah. of the family has to take care of and everything yes. else, you know. So I think that that's just kind of how, how we kept going and continue to some degree. There's a lot of parents that still use those tactics today. Anything you want to add to Natasha to that? Um, I think also, or at least for my uh, experience, my mom was very uncomfortable with those types of conversations. Even to this day, I might make a joke about sex, and she's like, "Well, you know, it's like it's still too much for her to deal with," and so um, she's just been very 
like private about that particular subject, not necessarily her experiences, but just period, you know, it's like sex and sexuality is just like foreign and, and off limits. Mm. What's crazy though, my parents have, my mom doesn't have no problem talking about sex now that I'm a grown man, but back then mm-hmm. it's a problem, which I, is mind boggling, but she gets real graphic. I'm like, yo, mom, you need to chill out with that. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but what was this talk when I was 12 and 13 years old? You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I totally, totally get it. I totally get it. Uh, let's go to the second, the second question. Um, puberty hits people at different ages and different phases and stuff like that. And so basically, you know, puberty is basically... The scientific term that a human being is able to reproduce and create another human being. What age is a good age to talk to your kids about puberty and sex and all that, Tony? Honestly, I will just completely be transparent. The minute that your child starts to ask questions um, about anything. What? So as early as you know three or four if they're asking about private parts you know we start to notice you know mommy has a vagina daddy has a penis these are things that toddlers start to kind of see it's just natural and at that moment that's when we need to start educating them about biologically what's going on with their bodies at a level that is appropriate obviously you're not going to tell a toddler what intercourse is but you can tell a toddler what their penis is and what its function is in that moment it would only be to urinate because they couldn't even grasp the capacity of what else the penis can do and that it is your special spot and that you know no one should be touching it these things are this also helps with early childhood um, abuse too because if we train our kids to understand that these are these are our parts of our bodies and somebody does try to touch them in a way that they shouldn't be they'll be able to express it and let you know um that's a very common thing that happens and it's just because they don't know so the minute that they ask you should start to express and explain to them what's going on well i don't have any children so natasha (laughs) based on what tony just said Are you comfortable with your... I know they're older, but would, would you have been comfortable with your son talking about, yo, mom, um, what's it between my legs? Absolutely. Oh, um, okay. I started my kids young. Um, we Ricky was probably about four. Same here. Um, I have a little boy, too. Yeah. Yep. It was. He was about four because I was pregnant with Jeremiah. And he he asked me one day, like, you know, like, what's that? Why don't you have what I Where's have? Where's your penis? <laughs> yep. Right. And so I explained to him, well, we, I didn't use um, the, the typical terms. I used vaginas and pee-pee. Yeah. Keep it, you know. I did too. I mean, it's it's it, you have right. to have these Just conversations with what's appropriate for their age. So you do evolve right. as the child grows, but you should be mm-hmm. starting early. Exactly. So a five year old shouldn't be saying the word penis. I mean, a five year old no, can. can. It's okay. fine. We okay. we taught my son both. He okay. under. I mean, we gave you know whatever he. At the end of the day, he knew that that was his special area and that it was his. It, you know that if anybody you know approached him or touched him or made him feel uncomfortable or anything like that um mm-hmm. that he could just let me know um there was this one time he accidentally closed it in the 
in the toilet seat and freaked out and he didn't even want mommy to look at it he wanted his uncle to come over or his dad to check it because poor little you know he was potty trying snipped it <laughs> hit it it's, it's fine oh now, but, god yeah well it must be nice because my son doesn't care like he's like mom this is going on with me and i'm like oh son you don't want to call your daddy <laughs> <laughs> mm. Okay, uh, I'm gonna I want to stay on that top that question because I saw a video on Facebook, mm-hmm. and it was a little black boy, and his mom was talking to him, and he was making sexual noises. I said, and the mom was trying to lie to him. Uh, uh, we was just watching TV, and she was the little boy said, "No, you wasn't." Y'all was. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Uh, making all kinds of graphic noise. I was like, like as an adult, we know what that noise is. And he was like, what was y'all doing? And she's trying to lie to him. So in that instance, was she wrong telling him, no, we was just watching TV. And he checked her too. He was like, y'all don't have a TV in y'all room. <laughs> you oh, <know>? wow. <laughs> um, well, I mean, to some degree, I, I personally have never lied to my son about sex, period. Um, that, so if that happens and you and your significant other getting it on your kids heard you gonna tell them exactly what happened i mean he knows at this point he's 11 years old he absolutely okay. knows what sex is um he doesn't know about sex there's a there's a like i said there's a level of of what's appropriate okay um so i mean he's i'm not gonna there's certain terms that aren't gonna ever be said but he understands what coitus is actual coitus he actually calls it coitus in our house um and he understands what that is, and he understands that that's something that two consenting adults may or may not enjoy. Now, with that being said, I try very hard to be extremely stealth. He's never actually caught us in the act. We are particularly very good about being stealth because I don't want to have to have that conversation. It is embarrassing. So I would probably say, you know, keep your sex life very private from your children <laughs> if you don't want to have that awkward conversation and have to sort of explain yourself in that moment. And if you do, then be ready. Great. Uh, I'm going to go to this question This number three is hot right now Because the rapper T.I. Oh so you heard about Tony? So you heard? Of course Okay so I'm ready uh, I'm really ready for your response So why is this You know if everybody's not uh, familiar with T.I. I'm quite sure you are But T.I. takes his daughter to I guess the gynecologist Every year or I don't know how uh, Uh uh, periodically, he takes her da- his daughter to check to see if her, her hymen, if I'm saying that right, mm-hmm. it hasn't been broken, whatever. So basically, he checks to make sure she's still a virgin, but has a different outlook for his boys. He doesn't care. So um, about that. So my next question is: Why is the sex talk between the boys and the girls different? And what are the ratifications because of that? Um, so with all of that, I have a whole other opinion about T.I. Well, please, please, please. I cannot. Okay. So here's my, my issue. Let's just the double standard with the, with the, with the female and the boys and the, all of that, that in itself is just societal programming because societal programming. Yes. Please, please, please elaborate. So that is again, the tradition. I mean, come on. So as early as we can think of men are revered for being promiscuous for 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 getting a lot of women almost like to the point where they're considered i mean in history casanova Mm -hmm. i mean what is he famous for 
Okay. He's literally not famous for anything else but getting women. So we've always just guys getting the ladies, getting lots of sex. It's always been the best thing ever. <laughs> of course, it's society. Women, we're considered dirty. We're considered um, impure, unnatural, you know, not the type to be married. I mean, there's a lot, and that comes from just the way that women were treated. I mean, it took us a while to get a little bit of equality here. Mm -hmm. And so with that, there's a shift still, and we are seeing some beautiful things happening. Um, we're seeing more acceptance, but there's still some of that old school traditional belief that it's okay for boys to play and girls need to stay at home and study or make muffins and pop out babies. I don't know. That's what it's kind of where we're at. And so I think that the sex talk's a little easier to have with boys than girls because society's already accepted boys as being free sexually. It's not as frowned upon. And Sasha, you, you, what do you feel about that? Um... <laughs> y'all still haven't explained to me do y'all feel that was that's, is that wrong what Ti is doing or he's just being a good father Just, just is it wrong or he's being a good father I'm not going to say he's right or wrong because that's his household what I will say is that I think that it's a bit much mm, okay. you know um, to me I don't really feel even if this may not be his reason, like, that's not a really good way to, like, build trust with your child. You know, you're, you're accompanying... The gynecologist visit is a very private thing. Okay. You know, there's a lot that goes on in these uh, appointments. Not saying that he's in there all in it. Right. But, you know, it's just some things, like, as, a, as you're coming into your womanhood, you don't need no man hovering over you trying to make sure that you are doing what he wants you to do. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, gotcha, it's gotcha. just kind of like, dude, sit down somewhere. But, um... Because I, I got a father, my parents are still married, and I don't remember my dad doing that to my little sister. Never. So, but that's just my little two cents, but go ahead. Right. Um, as far as the sex part between boys and girls, or, you know, one is easier than the other... I think another thing that plays into it is girls can bring home babies. Right, physically. right, right, right. Boys can get out of it. Yup, literally. You know, Go ahead. So we're just going to focus on the ones that can actually, quote unquote, bring change to the family. Mm. Because if you do something, as speaking to the boys, we can kind of just, oh, that might not be his baby, you know, or whatever. Right, right. You can't deny it. So we're going to focus over here. So you sit down and you won't do nothing. You be meek and all these other things. But he can be out here wilding. And mm. it's okay because we really, unless there's some hardcore proof, you can't prove it. Gotcha. That's just to thing. my point. <clears throat> Definitely. I mean, that's exactly what has happened and as far as ti is concerned i can't speak to whether or not he's a good father or not but i can tell you that what he is doing is a violation of her sexual freedom we have mm. these rights um yes. what he's doing and also there's no real science behind that virginity is actually just a title that we just give ourselves at some point in time she's probably discovered herself or, or explored herself or at least given herself some sort of clitoral orgasm. I'm not saying she has or hasn't, but if I had to guess, 
as a girl, we do, and we have rubbed, you know, I remember being a preteen and kind of exploring myself, in which, in which case she's probably experienced some sort of pleasurable release. And we're just giving and creating some, a lot of micro tears, micro scars in her kind of sexual blueprint as a woman. And it's just not okay. You know, she's going to view her vagina as this place that's supposed to be, you know, pure instead of just enjoying it for what it is and what it's supposed to be for. That's not healthy. Right. It's not. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now we're going to go ahead and got a lot of questions. Let me go ahead and go to the next one. Should parents provide their kids protection during puberty? Tony. Yes, if the parent believes that the child is, in fact, engaging in sexual activity, it would be no different than, um, hey, I want to go hang out with my friends. Okay, well, you know, put on a helmet or whatever it is you're doing if you're riding a bike or, or you know, make sure you take your keys with you, take your pepper spray, whatever we do as parents to make sure your kid's okay, it's no different. We do these other things when they leave the house. So if I have reason to suspect or believe that my son is in fact engaging in sexual activity am i going to just let him engage in those sexual activities without even trying to potentially protect him because i'm too shy or afraid to tell him that would be like me telling him to not put on a helmet but you can go ride a motorcycle mm. natasha i'm i'm very curious to hear your response so if, oh yeah, is, is it, I would uh, definitely God, give let, it let me finish to the question. Kids. God dang! Oh yeah, <laughs> she's a mama bear. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. I'm like I'm all for that. Um, because I've been on not me personally, but I've known people to be on both sides of the fence where where parents were like, "You're you're at this age, so you're going to do it. There's nothing I can really do to stop it. So let me at least protect you." And then on the flip side, there was the other parent that was like, "I said, don't do it." No, you can't get no protection, and then they're genuinely shot when she comes home pregnant. Ooh. So, yes, no. You know, <laughs> my thing is like I always tell him, if you're going to do that, have your own protection. That way, you know that it's, it's not sabotage, not compromise. <laughs> you know, you just never know what people will do these days. So make sure you have your own so you'll know, like, hey, I know I'm protected, not, oh, I hope that this person gave me a good one. Mm-mm. I totally agree. I remember I was in college and some dude had a, like, thumbprint or pin through a condom on his billboard and then somebody was looking for it and he gave them that one. I was like, mm-hmm. you idiot. No, oh, no. <laughs> you idiot. I was like, enjoy that nine month plan. But <laughs> right. Okay, I'm gonna go go to the next one. Uh, STD rates for black kids are double the white counterparts. Should black parents discourage their kids from having sex? Period. Due to those numbers, Tony. You said no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, we even, need even with that. Okay, so it just circles back to the the serious central focus here is we're not educating our kids so they're just doing it and in fact we're actually letting the entertainment industry navigate our children so what's heavy in r&b right now let's see mm, cardi b love her to death not talk i love her me i'm be- I was getting it to her this morning. I can't stand Cardi B, but go ahead. She cracks me up. I like her. And with that being said, you've got Cardi B, you've got you've got 
porn. You've got everybody being subjected, especially in our community. That's just the entertainment that we're seeing on TV. Mm, And so we're letting them teach our kids about sex. Unfortunately. And that's exactly what's going on. So, I mean, as long as that's being glorified in our entertainment, that is how our children are going to learn unless we step in and also do the teaching. In fact, do the teaching. Get ahead of it. Instruct them that that's just for amusement, that that's entertainment, that's supposed to be fun, but that is not a realistic view of what sex is or is supposed to be like. Instead of it, you know, if I do this to this girl, then I'm going to be just as cool as this Chance the Rapper or whoever it is, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing, and that's what's happening to our kids. Gotcha. Uh, I want to make sure I get everybody. Natasha, you good on that question? Um, I just wanted to add that, and we also have to understand that the very things that we try to hide or forbid our kids from doing are the very things they're going to become more curious about. If you don't provide proper education, then they're going to go seek it on their own. So it's better to just go ahead and educate your children and protect them than to try to just be like, hey, here's the scare tactic, and then just don't do it, and and we'll be okay. It's not going to work. I always say I'd rather hear from my parents than get it from the streets. Yes. So that's my philosophy. So if I ever become a father one day, that's like I'd rather you hear it from me than hear it from some some pimp on the street and you get the wrong information and it backfires on in your face and the whole family's face. So that's how I feel about it. So I totally agree. Now this is the interesting question. Should parents teach their kids how to perform sexual acts or let them learn on their own now this is puberty now and your daughter or your son is engaging in this and the reason why I I came up with this question is and my philosophy is if he or she are doing it you might as well make sure you're doing it right you ain't out here being a lame a lame duck Oh no! So, uh, should parents teach their kids how to, uh, you know, stroke or perform oral, or that should I should allow porn to teach my kids? I see your mentality behind this question. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be much like telling your kid to go drive down the parkway after watching Fast and the Furious, right? Just do that. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just go on. The- but if you if we just keep it on the road, let's just take it out of the bedroom, right? Let's just let's just take it to driving. So there's a lot of different aspects and components that come into driving a vehicle, right? Right. And you sit there and you are teaching your son or your daughter, 15, 16, how to drive a car, right? Yes. Okay, so My about dad. the same time that sex is coming up, right. seriously, right? Right, right. So you're going to teach your child how to be safe, how to, to, to maneuver through certain things and how to get out of certain situations should they arise. But at the end of the day, there's some level of, of confidence and skill that your child kind of has to gain, but you're going to constantly keep teaching, and it's the same. So things like, hey, if you're going to be engaging in oral sex, it's probably not the best idea to actually brush your teeth prior because now your gums are open and more exposed to bacteria. Wow. I did not know that. <laughs> so it's not that I'm necessarily taking a an uncomfortable stance in 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 explaining to my child how to actually you know stimulate a woman with his tongue i'm going to explain the ways that he should be safe and the things that he can use like dental dams um that there's different flavors 
going to have, a t I plan on having tons of that. I mean, obviously my son is quite young for that in this moment, but if I know that it's coming and I'm going to make sure that he doesn't just have condoms, that he has dental dams, that he has, because if he's going to engage in these activities then he should be safe. Okay. So, so let me get this clear. So you, you should, a mother should teach her daughter how to perform orally. Would you Not necessarily the technique. I think it's very healthy and safe to, there's a lot of education out there. Okay. Um, and I think that it's perfectly fine to say, you know, again, I would definitely warn about the teeth brushing and warn about the different things that you can get in your mouth if that person isn't clean. And I would definitely let my daughter know that this is not something that she has to do. It's not something that she needs to do to make a boy like her. You know, all the things that come with that delicate you know, and if you really do have a lot of questions about it or anything like that, here are some really great educational videos that you can watch. And there are some really great, well done, informative websites, videos, all kinds of things. I myself with my company, I put out a lot of really great content that's pretty easy and user friendly. Like I have puppets and most of them, you never catch me doing anything ridiculous because we're trying to... <laughs> <laughs> puppets. Okay. I have puppets. Yeah, we're trying to promote education the best way we can and try to hit everybody's comfort level. And sometimes that requires puppets. We, we ain't talking about Elmo and Ernie, are we? No, <laughs> Pete the Pecker. Actually, I should have brought him. I usually no, bring him. You, you're right. Just leave him there. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha, what about you? I am kind of on the fence. It, mm. To me, it just kind of depends on the level of a relationship you have with your child. Okay. Um, like with Ricky, I probably, if he was like, hey, mom, can you help me here? I probably would. Um, but we have a close relationship like that, you know. Um, I don't know if I would be like an advocate for like, hey, come sit down and take these classes, you know, <laughs> like making them together a curriculum or something. But if it, if it comes up, okay, then I might be like, hey, you know, okay, hey, he trusts me enough with this, so let me help him out. Gotcha. Um, next question, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see your, your thoughts on this. Um, Tony, does abstinence really work? Or this is just a technique to prevent teen pregnancies? I don't really personally think that abstinence works in the way that we think it does. Okay. I, it's a choice, and it's a choice that you make within you. Um, I, It's hard to abstain from something that's so natural that would be like telling a human being not to eat. These, Ooh, you know, it's. I always. It's see, the nobody, same. Nobody thinks on my level, though. I mean, like, sex is natural. Like, you know it, it, I mean? No, actually, scientifically speaking, it's natural. That is why we go through puberty. It's because we have those urges. That's why you feel the way you do biologically. And even in your brain, your brain's doing things. You're fantasizing. You see somebody right. jogging down. Like, right. your body is priming you for something that it's supposed to do and want. There's nothing wrong with wanting sex. Nothing wrong. It's something that happens to us as human beings. And it's part of life. And why are we suppressing? That's why, that's why I shame. Do, that's why I got you on the show, Tony. That's what I'm talking about. Shame. It's shame. Dang. There's nothing wrong with it. It's okay. I mean, you just you just have to just educate. I mean, it's like I said, it's like driving a car. It's like 
you know, you're not going to let your kid just eat a bunch of candy bars and end up with diabetes. You're going to tell your kid to eat, you know, a balanced meal. You're going to try to take care of your child. So it's the same kind of thing, the same kind of care that we have about every other aspect. Our medical, you know, what we do with our kids, our education, making sure they have everything else and they learn these things. You're not going to just tell your child to go in the kitchen and let them just fry chicken and figure it out. You're going to teach them how so that they don't hurt themselves. Correct. We can apply that same mentality to sex and take that stigma out of it and it's mm-hmm. our own personal stigma that yes. we're taking into it right we can take that out of there we'd be we'd be a lot better off because right, they agree. are not going to have all these questions they're not going to be so confused std std rates would go down pregnancies would go down and shame and stigma would go down because what we're doing to our children they end up becoming um adults to some degree some not all i'm not saying that every that we're all hurting our kids but these micro scars that are created in our childhood come up a lot, especially in sessions that I have with my clients and they're just early memories of stigma and shame. And they carry those shame and that stigma into their relationship in the future. And it's something that has to be worked through. Thank you for that information. Uh, I don't uh, Natasha. You want me to go to the next question or you got something on abstinence? I mean, I don't really see the point of it, um, <laughs> just to be honest. I love her so You know, much. even as a That's why child, that's about female gangster, man. It's a counterpart. I mean, you know, just... I, I just don't... Like, the pur- like, I don't... The purpose behind it, you know, people are like, oh, it's just to prevent pregnancy. And it's like... But there's so many ways to prevent pregnancy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, right. So yeah, I did. I just don't see the point. I got you. I got you. This, um, I was just using this as an example, but Natasha just <laughs> told me this actually happened in real life. But I'm going ahead and answer the question. Uh, I was just playing around. Natasha goes into her son's room and finds porn tapes or porn on her son's phone. I'm going to even put put some more spice on that. Or she walks in, he's masturbating. Should, Should she punish her son or should her son be punished or chastised for this behavior? Or this is just justifiably natural. Tony. Well, the act of self-pleasuring is natural, but that's Natasha's household and what she deems, you know, whatever she wants for her child in terms of, of, of what's private and what isn't and what's discussed is kind of her own barrier. But in my opinion, um, I recently, he wasn't fully masturbating, but he was kind of like having a, I could tell he was rubbing himself in a pleasurable way. He was starting to notice himself and I came around the corner and this really just happened. And this is your son, my son. Yes. Okay. Um, and I, um, I was very cool. I was calm. I was very straight faced. And I said, you know, I realized that things like this, that touching yourself could start to feel good and be pleasurable, but there is an appropriate time and place. And if you are having that quiet time, please let me know so that I can respect your boundaries. And oh, oh, wait, flag on the black parents side play. You told your son what? That, that, it's, it, that his boundaries should be respected. My mom would have took, slapped my the hell out of me, and <laughs> told me don't ever do that again. So you t- actually 
So I can, your son can come to you like, yo, mom, I'm about to uh, do my thing. Uh, can you go in the living room? For- <laughs> no, it, it doesn't really come off like that because he's not even sure. And I can. it's very early stuff. He's not fully ejaculated or anything like that um, okay. that I can't tell any signs of. Because, I mean, obviously, as mothers, we can tell um, in the laundry and things like that that that's starting to happen. That's usually how we all figure it out. And I, mm-hmm. that's not happening. Um, yeah, But he's starting to have too. a little bit of a arousal you know he's starting to see girls in music videos and i'm starting to notice he's looking a little longer than he used to you know i mean i mean i'm a sexologist i kind of can't not notice it okay you know he's he he he, and i i saw him with his little hands on his little pants little spider-man draws the other day and i was like hmm okay and when i walked in he he it was just very awkward and it needed to be addressed and now we're cool and and what it is is i'm like you know wait if you are gonna have these little man moments of yours i totally respect it just um make sure that you um a lot for appropriate timing this is something that's private with you and yourself and if it feels good i encourage it and if you know you start to notice a mess or anything like that please let me know because we don't want to just dismiss it all over the house or you know socks dismiss and- it around the I just, house I, don't, I had a little brother and i'm traumatized because he used to just in everything like socks all kinds of stuff so natasha you told me this actually happened so please for the audience expound and elaborate and articulate what 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 happened with your son okay so he had a um kind of like just a cell phone that he had to just play with and um hold on wait a minute he has a play cell phone this was back in, this was like one of the phones that just only worked on Wi-Fi. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so he just had like this, this phone. Well, apparently, it was, it was hooked up, the messages were hooked up to another cell phone too. So he was in the room with his actual cell phone, and then that play one was just in my room. Okay. So it, I just kept hearing, bing, 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 and I was like, what is that? So I picked it up and now I'm reading the messages and it's like a group chat and it's like him, two other boys and a girl. Okay. And so on this group chat, she's soliciting services for $10. Dang. And right. So, um, I contact the other boy's parents, let them know. And then I got Ricky and I was like, whoa, what's going on here? You know, so we had like this whole discussion about it. They had like, videos in this chat like they had all types like they was popping in this chat and i was just like what is going on here so i had to have a quick um moment with him about boundaries consent what's appropriate to to talk about with girls the consequences of things like that yes um, yes this, yeah this the me whole too. sex offender thing yeah this me too movement will get you ate alive so yeah that was well if this was before the me too movement and Damn, like okay. I, he still needed to know like there are certain things that are just not okay you know and, and to be careful with it you got three boys and one girl in this chat y'all are exchanging videos even though she's saying like I will give you head for ten dollars and all this other stuff like um that's still not really appropriate oh man so that's kind of how that whole situation happened oh man yeah tony your face look kind of distraught you got something to add kids these days (laughs) 
That's that's kids these days. When I was that age, I was just trying to figure out who was going to kiss me at the skating rink. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, times have changed. Well, I was a little bad. We was, especially me and my brother. We was, we was watching porn. Yeah, we was watching porn, and we was getting these. And dad coming home, and why the hell my darn cable bill two hundred dollars? Oh, I remember those days. I'm like, uh, yeah, he's like, hey, boy, that is the worst conversation to have because you caught ran handed because yeah, because he's gonna call the cable company like you. He, this was ordered at ten fifty five, eleven fifty two. Tell the title of what you was watching too. Yeah. On top of that, big booty, big booty freaks five. Yeah, big booty freaks ten thousand <laughs> platinum. <laughs> so you like big booty freaks, huh? <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> it was over. And then after that bill and that whooping, it was done. I didn't want to see no, no porn, not that house. That's so, great. So, on the topic of porn, we just talk about kids these days. We were totally different back then, what the kids are exposed to now. We didn't have Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. Uh, we had maybe that raggedy Black Planet. That was, <laughs> but that was Jet. My yeah. brother used to take the Jets. Oh, me too. Jet, Jet of the Week. Go. That was my yeah. Jet. But, <laughs> but what? What if, like Natasha was just explaining, what if you have a kid that's addicted to porn? What should a parent do? Every every time you see it, you know he's he or she's watching it, or you find it on the phone, and you see magazines or whatever. What what is your course of action or advice to give to a parent that finds out like this kid's something wrong with him? Addiction is a very strong word, so I would actually just literally define addiction and okay. really just put that in there because addiction means that we're unable to function. Um, so that's a heavy word. So, and I'm not saying that, that that's a, an impossibility, that that couldn't. I mean, it's very possible that someone could be. But generally, I would probably just try to get in there and figure out what is that child looking for? Because there's clearly something going on that this child is trying to understand, find. Mm-hmm. Um, because sex is so vast. I mean, yeah. that's why I go by sex nerd and not sex expert. We cannot quantify sex. Did you know that you could be turned on by like furniture? And this child's probably like, I mean, there's all kinds of different fetishes. And it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. We have all these different desires within us. And it needs to be normalized. And because it's not, maybe this person or this hypothetical child that could be addicted might be sexually attracted to balloons and doesn't know why. And and, and that's a legit, legitimate kink. And they're called lunars. And so maybe this child's looking all over the internet for people having sex with balloons so that they can understand why they feel the way they do about balloons. This would, if you felt a certain type of way and you were terrified to talk to anyone and you didn't see it on mainstream TV because it's not a common thing, right? Because mm-hmm. mainstream entertainment and television only glorifies certain kinds of sex. And think about all the different kinds of sexuality there is. So if I wasn't seeing or myself represented in any type of way on television. I'm not hearing it around the people that I'm around every day. I'm going to Google it and I'm going to try to find it because I think there's something wrong with me because I feel this way. Oh, okay. And they call them lunars? Oh, that particular, yes. Lunars. Jesus. (laughs) I will never look at balloons the same. No, you're not having balloons at your birthday party. (laughs) 
actually shared a, a little video about that on Instagram recently because this guy was getting a lot of shame. He sits in rooms of balloons and enjoys himself. Wow. Tasha, you got anything about addiction and lunars? Well, not lunar, but... <laughs> I know, that was the weirdest one, but I was like, kids' birthday parties have balloons. There's, I mean, I, I almost want trees. Um, <laughs> I agree 100%. I think we take the word addiction way too far. We use that word very loosely. And, um, you know, people, they, they go into panic mode when they don't know what to do. And then when especially something as taboo as porn... Then immediately, it's like, oh my God, he watched it three times. He's addicted. I don't know what to do. And it's like, chill. Like, get some actual education uh, knowledge on what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, are they watching it like nonstop? You know what I'm saying? Like, on the way to school, during class, in the bathroom. <laughs> exactly. Because then that would be an addiction. Not like an alcoholic. You would almost have to kind of view it the same way. That's that that heavy weight, and then you make yeah. these casual comments. I heard I've heard this before, just hanging out with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, that boy's gonna get addicted to touching himself and stuff like that. You say those things. Now we have those micro scars that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. It's gonna take this person into adulthood. Now we have a grown man that is afraid or ashamed by masturbation and won't share that with his mm-hmm. wife. Or maybe that's the only way he can get off. Do you not want your child to experience a healthy, happy, pleasurable sex life? And we're doing all of these things against that well you know and 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 this is just an example of like how extreme it can go i actually have a family that i work with at work right now and a doctor's mother is 76 the boying we're talking about is 14 Mm -hmm. he's just starting to get into porn he's just starting to explore his body he's masturbating all over the place like he's just doing the most and in her mind he's going to become a rapist a rapist? So she, yes, she went all the way left. So and if she's like, I have to get all of this work. I'm turning off the Wi-Fi. We're not doing any of this because I don't want him to grow up and sexually assault women. Wow. And this is off of something like just as natural as sex. And I'm looking like, man, I'm like, how do you think your kids are here? <laughs> Why would you think that? Generation gap. Yeah, man. Tony, you want to talk? <laughs> I don't know. I, I. I know that, like I said, the question is, if your child has a problem, you try to fix it, but don't give them the brainwashing or the mental scars to come with the physical scars, because that, then it makes it harder than what it is. And I kind of like your approach, Tony, when you, when you, your son, when you found your son kind of, you know, exploring himself, you had a, like, an intelligent and adult conversation with your son which a lot of black parents would not have. I, I, I know a lot of they will freak out and, and say some other stuff that will make that kid feel really bad. So, uh, like Tasha said, we need to have, you know, just sit down and educate ourselves and, and find better ways to... You're implying that it's wrong, but it's not wrong. Well, yes, it's just as natural as, don't you want your kid to go from crawling to walking? Mm. it's a function we need to really just reframe take sex out of the clouds you know that's what's happened over the years and put it back where it belongs it's natural just as natural as me drinking this bottle of water and having a conversation it is part of who we are and if we can accept that and take the stigma around it it's no different than me talking about this bowl of fruit i could talk about body parts the same way and it shouldn't be any different if it's appropriate 
you know, when you're amongst people that are the right age. I'm always constantly changing and shifting my language around according to who I'm talking to and who I'm around. And that's okay, but it should be talked about. And even if it's like an uncomfortable thing, like for me, I don't particularly care to talk about masturbation with my son. Oh, me neither. So I make, I make light of it. You know what I mean? So like, I've never caught him in the act. I'm sure I know he does. Hello, he's 16. So. Oh, yeah. And he does take a long time in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like, oh, Ricky, get out the bathroom and play with stuff. <laughs> and like, we'll kind of laugh about it or whatever. And we just kind of move on. Like, it's, it's an uncomfortable thing, but it doesn't have to be serious. It is and uncomfortable. I think that's kind of where some people mess up. We want to make sex this uber serious topic. And it's like, you know, you don't have to be that serious. It's fun. I mean, it's fun. Yeah. It's it's a it's a fun thing that we do as human beings, but it, it does require some 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 knowledge and some education about oh, how yeah. to be safe in this act. Like I said, driving a car. There's people that really like driving, test driving, and doing all kinds of crazy swirlies and all kinds of stuff. It's super fun. But are those people trained? Do they know what they're doing? For the most part, we'd like to think so. So it's no different, really. I mean, I completely agree. I mean, to I'm sitting here talking cool as a cucumber, but don't get it twisted. I called my homegirl after I was done talking to him, got in the bathtub so he wouldn't hear me, and was hysterical on my phone. Hey, he's touching his penis. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. He just didn't see that part. He doesn't need to see that part. I was like, I remember he was in diapers. I was like going through my pictures. Like, like it'll be so cute, you know? And now I'm like, right. he's touching his penis. Oh no. So, I mean, I had that breakdown <laughs> moment. That is natural. You know, that is my baby. Right. Um, right. I just yeah. want my son to to be able to enjoy pleasure i do not want him to think that there is anything wrong with the feelings that are natural that we cannot stop unless you can figure out a way to stop hormones and biology and physiology then kind of can't stop sex so (laughs) i agree i agree i mean i was you know birds do it fish do it hell even trees do it i was i was remember you remember those little cones when the tree drops the cones, yes, and we throw, mm-hmm. we used to throw the hell out of each other. We just pow, pow, pow. Don't you know those the trees nuts? Yeah, we were like, throwing tree sperm mm-hmm. at each we, other. It was, we were throwing three sperm at each other. Boom! Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it is. And when I thought about, it, I was like, damn, that's nasty. We, but it's natural. We, we, it, we bring that sperm over here so I can get me another pine tree on this side of the house. You know what I mean? That's that's what it is. It is what it is. I mean, sex is natural, and we need to just stop trying to find ways to uh, uh, not address it with our kids, but find ways to talk to them on an adult and mature level and and let them know that it's okay to to go through these things because that's how we were created. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and end it with this, uh, this last question. What advice, and I'm not a parent, so I'm going to let Natasha and Tony in this. I'm going to let Natasha answer this first. What advice you have to give to parents and children dealing with puberty and sex? Natasha. I think it's first most important to create a safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, your child is not going to trust you if they don't think that it's safe to be able to open up to you about everything. There are going to be things that they're going to say that you might not want to hear. But that's neither here nor there at the time. You know, keep calm, listen to what they have to say, understand where they're coming from, even if you don't agree with it. Um, so that safe space is most important 
second, we know what you're talking about. Be educated yourself. Like your child is coming to you with help on something, the least you can do is have some knowledge on the subject. And if you don't know, just say you don't. Hey, I don't I don't have an answer to that right now. Give me twenty four hours and I'll get back to you. Gotcha. You know, be have that level of honesty with them. Like we demand that our kids be honest with us, but then we wanna like play it off when it's time for us to be honest. Like be honest with them. I don't know that. But I will in a few minutes. Give me a second. So I think those two are pretty like pretty big ones. It's just kind of safe space, education, and just support them through whatever they're going through. Because it's new to them. And remember how you felt when you were going through it. Mm-hmm. Don't act like you were born and then you just woke up an adult. Like, you went through stuff too. Remember the body changes. Remember the mood changes. Remember the hormone changes. Remember how you felt at school when you thought you were the only one, like, or whatever. Remember all of that so you can be relatable and be the best support to your child. Gotcha. Tony, bring us home. She did, though. She did. Like, you want to clock in? Because I so need a couple days off. I'm not the only one. (laughs) Um, Come on back to Huntsville, girl. Uh, No, everything. I, there's not a single word that she said that I don't absolutely agree with because that's really all it is, is that we just need, a wise man said it, understand before we seek to be understood. If we want our children to understand safety and awareness we don't want these things to happen because we know that these things can happen but if we're not teaching them anything about the journey then we're looking at it the things that we can see pregnancy was a big topic of conversation tonight stds but again you know shaming do you want you know you got to sit here and think about it like this if i was a father and i had a daughter i wouldn't want her to just be laying on her back being pumped in a marriage and that's her sex life I want her to experience pleasure. I don't want to think about those things. I mean, obviously, but I want to know that my daughter is, you know, a champion of her own orgasm and her own pleasure, that she's not just dissatisfied and unhappy and and having, you know, these things. Sex is the number one reason that marriages end, relationships end. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have part two of that. That's the I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure. But going back to the kids, I mean, it's just kind of like this. Do I want my child to feel pleasure? Do I want my child to feel secure and safe in their body? Yes, I want these things. Do I want my child to be informed? Do I want my child to feel safe? I do want these things for my child, and that's what I'm going to do, just the same as I want a roof over his head and clean clothes on his back. So to me, it's the same. It's part of parenting. Okay. This, now this will be the last question give us give the parents um, ev- not advice but where can they find to t- information information absolutely to to t- to make it easier to have the talk yeah there needs to be tools because we weren't you know we're, we're copies of copies of copies so and there's a lot that educators are doing if you are an Instagram person um, you can follow sex positive families I love them I follow them they have some really amazing links to their websites and on there you can actually see like checklists for ages uh-huh. and what's appropriate and kind of verbiage and language right um they even have a reframing chart so something that we would commonly say um you know boy get your hands out of your pants they they teach you how to reframe that phrase to something like i see that you're enjoying yourself but sitting here with the family may not you know how they kind of sometimes will have that little moment rubbing on the couch and stuff like that that that's something private that you want to engage in with yourself in your room it's not appropriate to do it amongst family instead of get your hands out of your pants 
So it's okay that you're doing that, but this isn't the time or the place. Okay. So it's kind of that concept. Um, and then another place that you can find, we have local services here in Huntsville. Good name them. Care. Care is an amazing service that I actually recently partnered with. And we have um, a few other services as well. The American College of Sexologists is a wonderful place to just find they're internationally known, so they have a directory for anything all over the world. But instead of remembering all of these, if you just visit my website itself, there's actually a resource page where I have all the resources listed with oh, clickable links. Okay. Well, can you expound on your website? Go ahead. Absolutely. Mybodypositive.com. And I'm easily found on Facebook and Instagram as the Pro Sex Nerd. So they go to Facebook, look you up, go to mybodypositive.com. They will have all the links where parents can teach their kids about puberty and sex and make it easier for them. Yes. Actually, you know what? It's mybodypositiveboutique.com. That is all of me. It's mybodypositiveboutique.com. Okay. okay. All right. I'm glad you cleared that up. Okay. All right. Every, um, I'm good. Natasha, you have anything you want to add? No, I'm good. Are oh, you good? All right. Uh, t- Tony, we... Uh, we we truly appreciate you uh, spending your time and give, educating the, the black community on how about puberty sex and how to talk to their kids about this. And I, I want to also thank uh, Natasha for being my, my co-host. Uh, I'm all the way from Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, but um, a lot of people ask me why you can't find nobody local, but I, I don't want Please don't go there. It's, it's kind of hard to find. Oh, well. Yeah, it's kind of hard to find somebody articulate and t- educated and intelligent, and 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 it's not scared to go on the microphone and speak to people through the world. Because my podcast is not just Huntsville, Alabama. I actually got people listening in South Korea, Italy, uh, South Africa. So I got people. <laughs> So I got people listening in from there. So it takes a strong person. It has you got to have people with those attributes, and that the the the, the boldness and the, the fear, fearlessness to do that. So I, I appreciate you, Natasha, as well. So um, thank you. Um, that's my show. I hope the parents listening in can learn something because I learned something today. I am not even a parent. I learned something today. And I appreciate Tony and Natasha. So I hope the parents learned something today. I hope this 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 session you can use and sit down with your kids and, and break this down with them. And your, your, your not just your kids, your nieces, your nephews, or even your grandchildren, if, if it's in if, in that capacity. And uh, and hopefully uh, we 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 blessed you today. This is my show. And before I leave, is uh, knowledge is power. Economic freedom is uh, salvation, but you put those two together, you'll build a great nation. Marcus Jones, the realest man in Huntsville, and we out.